Well, hello, 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 hello. Hey, 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 everybody. Somehow you found me. It is the Fierce Female Finance Revolution, hosted by yours truly, Hillary Carroll. Now, I just want to... I like starting off every episode with kind of like a setting of the stage and where I'm at right now. Um, Not just personally speaking, but setting-wise, where am I right now? I am pacing back and forth in my apartment that I share with my husband, Chris, in Los Angeles, California. And it is about 4.45 in the afternoon. It's Monday, August 30th, 2021. It is my brother James's 34th birthday today. I wished him a happy birthday at 7 a.m. And it is mine and Chris's seventh wedding anniversary tomorrow, which is totally insane. We got married August 31st of 2014. And I'll get more into that in another episode. But over the weekend, I had a bit of a mental breakthrough and was subsequently in a place and in a mental space that was extremely toxic and I really couldn't understand how to really break free from it and what I needed to do for myself to get out of it. But I had quite a few breakthroughs and I am happy to say that really starting this podcast, starting my Twitter up, contributing more to the Instagram account that I created to help people not only understand more about their student loan debt, but also understand about finance in general, whether that be budgeting, strategizing what they currently have, any tips and tricks and pointers to accumulating wealth, be that investing and having and contributing to various investment accounts. So basically my new line of work had prevented me from really tapping into this creativity. And what I am wanting to do now is start this back up again and keep going. Whatever it may be, I hope that this is a source of inspiration for all of you. And if there's any way where we can hopefully connect um, in whatever capacity you'd like that to be, I should hope that you don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will drop all of my accounts at the end of this episode for you all to take note of. Um, But yeah, Monday afternoon. It's a little bit later than I had wanted in terms of recording this episode, but honestly, it's been a really busy day. Most of it has been dedicated to studying for my Series 6 investment license exam, and that is the second of three currently for me to be investment licensed to actually manage people's money. However, 
not really sure how this will fit in to what I want to do in my life. But if I am to keep getting investment licensed, I will need to be sponsored by a financial firm. Not sure if the firm that I'm currently with is going to be the one that I stick with. I still have yet to determine. Anyway, that is a topic for another podcast in the future. Now, on to where we last left off. We last left off at me graduating from high school and moving from Redding, California to La Jolla, California as I started my undergraduate career at UC San Diego in the fall of 2003. Now, I do have to say that this was definitely my top school of choice. I had applied to four and this was the one, this was it. It was as far away from Northern California as I could possibly get while still maintaining in-state status for the lower tuition, as many of you know. That's how you get at least a quote-unquote cut on tuition rates, right? And it honestly felt when I was going there for the, you know, the new admit weekend that they host with parents and kids, it really felt like the place that I quote unquote belonged. What that actually meant, I couldn't really tell you. You know, I was 18. What does that actually mean? Well, I met some fun people during the weekend. Really, really loved the campus. It was vast yet small at the same time since it split up into, well, at the time there were six colleges. There must be more now. But it had kind of the best of both worlds. There were quite a few people, like 50,000 students, but yet within each of the different colleges, you know, there were about nine or 10,000 students. So it felt good. The climate was beautiful. There was a beach within walking distance and I love the beach. So I said, okay, cool, sign me up. So here I am, it's move-in weekend. I'm not sure how anecdotal you really want me to get in terms of my college experience, but let's just say it's 2003. The smartphone has not been invented yet believe it or not. I didn't even have a cell phone until after I graduated college in 2007. So when you think about it, I was quite off the grid to say the least. Of course, you've got your laptop and all that stuff, but call me a dinosaur. I definitely went to college before the smartphone. So suffice it to say, sure there may be photos floating around and Lord knows that there probably are. And I apologize for any of them in advance as I may or may not remember them having been taken. But 
the very first night, I remember being extremely excited. My best friend Jenna and I both got in and we were basically two of three ladies from our high school advanced placement class that got into UC San Diego. So it was me, Jenna, and then another woman, Kelly. So Jenna and I got together and the very first night of move-in weekend, you know, my mom basically helps me move in. We move all of my stuff in, like my clothes. We get my computer set up and connected to the internet and this, that, and the other thing. And she, you know, bids me adieu. And that night, Jenna and I are stoked because we're going to go to the inaugural kind of opener all campus party. And, you know, that was definitely the introduction that I think both of us really needed to know that we were in the right place, that we were feeling good about our decisions to go to this institution. Uh, Was it fun? Did we meet a lot of really fun people? Oh yeah. Did we get separated at some point during the night? Oh yeah. I don't even think we actually found each other until the next day. You know, she went off with a guy. I found another guy who ended up being the person that I was with for the entirety of undergrad, but I digress. What I really aim to talk about here is all of the different ways in which I tried my damnedest to really minimize the amount of student loan debt that I was going to theoretically take out for four years of school there. Now, I entered UC San Diego as a freshman having no idea what I actually wanted to major in. I believe I entered as a communications major and I did enter with having enough credits to be in my sophomore second year due to all of the advanced placement tests that I had taken and scored accordingly to, you know, give me all of those kind of knocking out, so to say, all of the lower division requirements. Some of them, not all, but some. So that definitely saved me a little bit in terms of having to take all of the low-level, menial, annoying classes. And my parents, before they had split up, had begun a mutual fund for me that was going to be used for higher education purposes. Um, The redeemable amount when we cashed that in was about $5,000. So in all, that basically paid for about the first quarter or two of undergrad for me, including room and board, which by today's standards is cheap. Looking back on it, I just can't even believe. Um, Quarterly tuition from the years in which I was at school, from 2003 to 2007, was in the ballpark of $2,300 per quarter. So multiply that by three quarters per year, and you've got about $6,900 in in in-state tuition. 
So I do remember going to the financial aid office and vaguely, I mean, this, don't shoot me here, everybody. I mean, literally, like, please don't hold it against me. This was 18 years ago. I barely remember what was going on back then, especially financially speaking as an 18 year old. I mean, most of the financial prowess I had had at that point was helping my mom write checks and, you know, adding and subtracting figures in her balance book of all of her checkbooks. So I had no idea about student loan debt and what that actually meant. All I knew is that I needed to sign up for them because, you know, my mom still had my brother to take care of. And frankly, I didn't have the money for it. Right? I mean, isn't that why we all sign up for student loans? Is because we don't have the money, the liquid cash. If we did, believe me, that would have been utilized. <laughs> um, so I ended up taking out, it was like a Bank of America loan. And incrementally, it was maybe about $4,000 per year. And there were other things that I was able to do throughout my career at UC San Diego to to basically mitigate the amount of debt that I was accruing. All right. So in my second year, I was uh, a resident advisor an RA. And that allowed me to have room and board completely paid for, for the entire year. Now, that obviously came with responsibility, but the floor that I was in charge of were not the dorms, they were the on-campus apartments. And there were second years like myself in the on-campus apartments. So. There really weren't many instances where there were noise complaints or where anything crazy happened, you know? So I would have to say that overall it was a very good experience. You know, there were different types of activities that I would have to put on for all of my residents on, you know, pretty much a weekly basis. And then there were meetings that I had to go to with all the other resident advisors. So there were definitely you know, administrative um, and community building type things that I needed to satisfy in order to have said room and board. But I thought it was a really good deal. I had a double room all to myself and then had two of my roommates from my first year join me. So at least it was kind of like familiar people. It wasn't just like dealing with new strangers. I had definitely some weird experiences with one of the roommates in my first year apartment. Now keep in mind that was not the woman that I asked to live with me in the second year, obviously. She was, uh, she was an interesting one. <laughs> I can go on and on. However, this is not the time nor the place to go on about said roommate experiences from your first year of undergrad. I know that we all have them and everyone should probably have enough stories to write a book about them, to be honest. Anyway, 
that's what I did. I, I got room and board free that whole second year, which was super duper helpful. I also joined student government. So I was kind of trying to figure out if communications was the right path for me or not. Um, just wanted to get the entire college experience, so to say. Um, now, in my third year of UC San Diego, I wanted to study abroad. And the guy I was dating at the time, you know, him and I both had Swedish lineage in our families. Um, mine is on my dad's, dad's side of the family. So it was my great grandmother. So my father's father's mother, who was the one who directly immigrated from Sweden. And she was actually still alive when I was born in the 80s. Um, she did end up passing away in the 90s, but she seemed like an interesting person. And um, having been to Europe for the choir tours previously when I was in high school, I had kind of already had experience with a lot of European countries. However, Scandinavia was one place where I had not gone. And it definitely appealed to me. You know, it wasn't wasn't your typical England, it, you know, everyone ended up going to like either Italy or wanting to go to France, you know, those are kind of, or Spain, you know, I mean, those are the countries that most people want and gravitate towards, obviously, if you're thinking of Europe, um, different for different continents, obviously, but Sweden was what we ended up doing, and it was absolutely one of the best experiences of my life. Um, you know, you go there, you have every intention of, you know, studying what you can and doing what you can and getting ahead in the classes. By the time I was a third year now, I had switched my major from communications to visual arts with an emphasis in photography. So as one could surmise and imagine, um, the university that I ended up studying at was Lund University. And there weren't many film-related classes or photography-related classes that were offered that were also taught in English. Now, it was encouraged that we take as much Swedish as we can, although obviously every Swedish person also learns English from a very, very early age in school. So um, they're definitely bilingual in that regard. So it wasn't, there wasn't too much of a language barrier and I didn't feel too out of place. However, for me, I really wanted to assimilate. And that's one way where you can, you know, hope at least a little bit to assimilate is to learn the native language. So that was one thing that I wanted to do. But it was interesting. There was one film course that was offered that I ended up taking that really changed the trajectory of my life. And obviously subsequently led to me pursuing graduate school at UCLA, which is the bulk of the student loan debt that I ended up um, having to repay. And that class was a Swedish film history class. And one of the 
major directors that the country had and you know he chose his name's Igmar Bergman and his cinematographer was Sven Nyqvist now these films are absolutely beautiful in the way they are photographed they're very cerebral I think by today's standards not many people would like them because they're not high octane they're very slow paced they're very methodical they're very um, situational in environment if that makes sense you know you have to it's a slow burn you know these films at times not a lot really happens but there's a lot of um, interesting existentialism that um, is discussed and trying to understand your place in life now Ingmar Bergman was in and came from theater so I am a firm believer that that definitely influenced the way he directed cinema and he has obviously you know influenced many many directors that have since come um, he and Sven Nyqvist have both since passed away but it was this class that really opened things up for me in terms of understanding what was possible um, just beyond doing still photography, which was something that I absolutely loved, that wanted I wanted to pursue, even though I knew full well that, you know, income <laughs> would be hard to find, to say the least. And, you know, I really... I don't want to spend my life doing something that I'm not passionate about, that I don't love. So that was kind of the impetus for me wanting to delve deeper into film. So I came back from Sweden in the winter of 2005 and kind of really hopped around and moved around quite a bit to try to just mitigate any sort of like living expenses. Um, there were a few other jobs that I ended up taking up um, during the remainder of my tenure at UC San Diego, um, namely starting in my second year and going all the way into my fourth year. I worked at the food cooperative, which was a super fun <laughs> very hippie, quote unquote, in nature, um, very free thinking, free wielding um, space with amazing people. We, you know, operated, it was like a student organization. Um, it was most by and large not for profit because, you know, whatever we ended up um making in sales just went directly back. And we made decisions in weekly meetings um, together, you know, with majority votes. So I thought that that was a really interesting job that I ended up having that really fostered so many amazing friendships out of it and um, taught me a little bit about what it was like to run a business slightly. I mean, I probably should have gotten a little bit more involved in the inner workings of it. Although, you know, one of the responsibilities we had was each working with a couple of our um, food vendors 
um, doing invoices and being in charge of ordering and all of that. So that I thought was really helpful and beneficial to, you know, just in regards of learning how to run at least a small business. Um, believe it or not, California state minimum wage back then was $7.25 per hour. So I estimate I probably worked anywhere from 20 to 25 hours per week, which would yield me about $145 before taxes. So before taxes per month, I was making about $580 from that job, which is interesting when I broke it down and did the math last night, um, I honestly, looking back on my time as an early 20 something in college, I know for a fact, I never did a budget, (laughs) something that never even entered into my little mind. I mean, you know, you're busy enough just trying to make it all happen with going to class doing all the homework and the papers and the projects and doing photography. Once I got into all my upper division photography classes, that just took up like days and days and days of time. Um, So, you know, I figured as long as I had, you know, some money in my account that totaled at least three months of expenses that I was eh, overall okay. You know, my bank account never got low. I never had overdraft fees. I never like overdrafted. Um, I never bought things that I couldn't afford, but I never really kept close tabs on my finances either, if that makes sense. You know, I think that you can feel that you're disciplined and as long as you have quote unquote enough money in your accounts that you're doing okay. Um, I know that I definitely could have done better had I had the knowledge and wherewithal, but you know, you do what you can with what you've got. Right. Um, and another job that I ended up getting, um, in my last and final year at UC San Diego was with the UC San Diego bookstore marketing department. Now I worked there full time over the summer and it was also minimum wage. So the 7.25 an hour um, yielded, you know, with a 40 hour work week, about $290 per week before taxes. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, the cost of inflation even 18 years ago, I mean, holy smokes. And we all know that, you know, minimum wage really hasn't done much in the last 18 years either. So I say $7.25 an hour, and really, we haven't gotten much better than that in the state of California, which also really and truly infuriates me um, that we can go into in another episode. But I think really and truly, that was the way in which I was able to fund college and to mitigate as much, uh, having to take out as many student loans as I possibly could. So in all, you know, I really, (laughs) some of the other things that I did were making a ton of lentil vegetable soups that maybe cost about six bucks to make a whole vat of 
Um, and then you've got like a loaf of bread that's a couple bucks. So there you go. Dinner for a few nights is like $10. Break it down. You know, it's probably like $3 a meal. Um, another way in which I saved money was that I really didn't have a need for having a car until about my fourth year there. So, you know, saving on car payments, car insurance, gas, title and registration fees, oil changes, tires, blah, 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 etc. all the bullshit that comes along with having a car, obviously. Um, I was extremely fortunate in that my stepdad kind of advanced me a graduation gift and that was, um, he purchased me a two door 2006 stick shift Honda Civic that he gifted me at the start of my fourth year of college. Now he did stipulate that I would obviously need to graduate in order to keep said car but he was incredibly generous in that he paid, I don't know, I think that car had to be maybe 15 grand, like not that much money at all. Obviously it was like very like much a starter car, but hey, it was a car without car payments, okay? And like, believe me, I understood the importance of that and was incredibly thankful. Um, There were, like I was saying, I ended up majoring in photography and so there were, All of the upper division classes I had to take were always at night from like seven o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. Why they have classes until then, I don't know. Did I do all of the work? Of course I did. Did I spend pretty much every weekend in the dark room developing tray processing, enlarging, color grading, doing all of the mounting and framing for all of the photo projects? Yes. I know on average I was spending at least 10 to 14 hours a day in the darkroom. It was crazy. Crazy when you think about it. But, I mean, that's the amount of time I spend working on a film set. So is it really crazy or was it really just preparing me for my future endeavors? I definitely think the latter. So I had that going on for myself. I believe when I look back, again, I didn't have necessarily a budget that I did but my rent that I shared with two other ladies, we had a two bedroom apartment in the Hillcrest area, our fourth year of undergrad. I believe since I had one bedroom solo and the two other ladies shared the other bedroom, I think my cut was like 525 a month or something crazy like that. Um, I'm estimating that my overall monthly budget was around $900 per month, which means, I mean, in the summer I was doing okay. And really, you know, during school, I tried to make it work as best as I could. I was still working kind of a little bit in the marketing department during school. I also worked at the food co-op. I also had full-time classes that I had to do. Um, I don't know how I did it all, but obviously, It just needed to happen. So by the time I got out of UC San Diego and graduated in June of 2007, I had a little over $14,000 in student loan debt. And I felt 
that over the course of four years, that really wasn't super bad. You know, my 10 year repayment, Bank of America had the loan. It was an FFELP loan, which let me get into my notes. It stands for the Federal Direct Loan Pro, no, the Federal Family Education Loan Program. Now, these were loans that were made prior to July 1st of 2010. So obviously, that was me. Um, My interest rate on said loans was, I need to look at my statements. I will look at my statements. That's my homework assignment for the next podcast. Um, But they were minimal. You know, it was not that bad. I do remember my standard 10-year repayment monthly payment was about $120 per month, hardly anything. And so you just kind of think about that. My grace period expired. Um, I started repaying it. It was not a problem. Um, That basically is a great segue and transition to the next episode because what happens after I graduate from UC San Diego is I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I will describe more about the process of applying to UCLA at that point and my gap year, so to say. Um, I did end up taking a year in between um, degrees and worked at a camera rental house in Los Angeles that no longer exists, incidentally, but it was still a great experience nevertheless. So looking forward to chatting more with you all in the near future. I will hopefully be adding to this at least once a week. And hit me up with any questions that you may have. All right, you can like, subscribe, tell all of your family and friends if this is something that is beneficial and that you find value in. My Instagram name is debt underscore free underscore Hillary, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y. So that's debt underscore free underscore Hillary. And my Twitter is debt becomes us. So feel free to like and follow my Twitter feed as well. I'm going to be posting many, many, many things about student loan debt, topically news, and also um, just giving any sort of tips and tricks regarding getting rid of that debt. It was literally 10 years in the making for me getting the debt and then subsequently repaying the debt. Um, So I just want to impart this sentiment to all of you that um, you're not alone if you have it. And if you've gotten out of it, like myself, You're in the community too. So take that and run with it. Go out into the world and um, hopefully have a good and positive impact on those that you interact with. Be good to one another, be kind to one another, and I look forward to chatting with you all very, very soon. This is Hilary Carroll signing off.